0: My name is Aram. My name is Dylan. We can't tell you our last names, or even what city we are in. If we did, they could find us.
1: And that would be the end of this show. We're sending this message so that more people can learn the truth. Maybe then, somehow, the human race can survive until the Andalites return and rescue us. Until then, we will be discussing
0: each book in the Animorph series as I read them for the first time. And I'll be guiding this journey
1: as I reconnect with stories I read a long time ago. Welcome to Podspeak. Podspeak. When I told you that this one was going to be the one to get weird, yes, did I mislead you?
0: you? You did not. And for half the
1: book, I'm like, this is a very normal book. That's the only thing that I was wrong about was I was reading it on the page. So you're like digesting story. And I told you it would happen like a third of the way in. But I'm, I'm like, well, maybe like, was that it? Because it suddenly hits and the amount
0: of like, no, 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 no. Because at first I thought it's, oh, it's because Casey's dad and we'll get into it. But that was what I thought it was.
1: Name's still Rachel. Was that? I always get that wrong. You're thinking of Cassie and also Rachel. It's, it's, it's First of all,
0: not a kid. It's Second of all, right. Rachel's dad. There's a bit about Rachel's <laughs> yeah. dad. I was like, well, that must be it. But no, but still, that's an important part. But we'll get to it. We'll try and do this in some semblance of order.
1: I'm going to need you on board for this one, because this was one that I read like a week ago, and then you've just been super busy. And we've done that thing where you tell me, like, oh, I'll listen to it tomorrow for, for fucking four days, days. Yeah. <laughs> so i've i might be a little bit foggy on the details on the early bets. we start off with uh the asshole corner uh this time it's uh circuses <laughs> yes this time it's circus people who abuse their elephants this is who is on k
0: applegate's radar for punishment
1: Rachel's parents are divorced, Dad's in town, or Dad lives in town, but Dad has them for the weekend, takes Rachel and the sisters to the circus, and she brings Cassie along because, you know, you get to bring a friend. And while they're there, they see the elephant trainer uh, use a cattle prod on one of the elephants, and Rachel cannot enjoy the rest of the fucking day. is absolutely miserable, and we pick up with Rachel and Cassie sneaking into the circus at night to fuck with the elephant trainer. Because fuck that guy.
0: Yeah, fair. The method in which they choose to do this
1: is questionable. He's very teenager.
0: Okay, I get it. Turn into the elephant and maybe scare them. And right away, the guy's like, oh, you're not my elephant. And I thought, okay, this is going to be enough. But
1: no, no, that wasn't enough. They break into the cage. Rachel gets into the back of the cage and turns into an elephant because it's a uh, pen of I want to say it was the pen was full of indian elephants she turned into an african elephant because that was her morph right so it's immediately apparent to someone who is very familiar something's wrong Uh, but anyway he gets in he notices it's wrong and rachel does not proceed to scream very loudly or physically intimidate the man she picks him up in the trunk holds him at eye level and just goes hello I'm from the International Elephant Police. The International Elephant Police. The IEP. Take such a fucking risk. Because what if this was a yerk? What if it was a yerk? She didn't know it easily could have been a yerk. Right. Easily. Like, granted, immediately handleable because then you just kill them. Right. Guy. I suppose every time you expose a yerk, you just kill him. But still, yeah, problem solved. But
0: they still kill a person every time they do that. To be
1: avoided. Yeah. I mean, it's not not great. Also, it's not great to leave a body. There's a lot of things here where it's not necessarily well aligned to good choices. Also, if it is a yerk, they're smart enough to immediately lie and not reveal themselves. No, they're not. The number of times that a yerk has seen anything, even remotely indicating something, and out loud, gone...
0: That's true. They do. They are
1: dumb. How did they get this far? They had a security guard in the cop who saw, to be fair, a full-blown fucking Andalite. Right. And immediately went, holy shit, an Andalite out loud.
0: There probably are just a lot of average ones of them. Like, not all of them can be brilliant. Like, there's a reason why someone just gets stuck in, like, the mall cop. Because he's not special. That and
1: this is something where you and I arrive at an impasse frequently in our discussions of this series. Is... Everyone in this book is as smart as someone should be in a children's book. Right. Right. No, I see what you're saying. This is younger side of teen. Like, yeah, any reasonable yerk should have some level of keep it, keep a fucking lid on right.
0: it. They should be trained. But maybe they're not. Maybe they're just citizens. And maybe I'm expecting too much out of them.
1: They're all soldiers. They're all they're soldiers. They're doing an invasion. Okay. Well, Okay. What? They're an invasion force. around. No,
0: well, OK, but some of them are and some of them are clearing the way for the civilians. It could be a partial operation. There could be military ones that are clearing the way sure. for the you, colony.
1: You're also thinking like three levels of military detail deeper than I know we're really worried like, about. Like, I mean, look, all the bones of it are there like you could all the bones of it are there. Uh, but that's like I said, that's where I have to like rein you back in. Yeah. Fair enough. Is like, she did a far above what was necessary job. But wherever she decides to quit at that point, the writer decided they were done. So we just have to accept it. It's cool.
0: Speaking of points, by the way, Xena Warrior Princess is mentioned. They have to mention her entire name. When I first heard it, I thought, oh, they have to mention her entire name. So it's too early for people to fully recognize it. But no, no, no. Later, later, Cassie's like, I'm not that old character. So Xeno Warrior Princess has been out long enough to be recognized, but be old and be considered old by a 13 or 14 year old. We are getting real close to like the week.
1: It's also like primetime TV and not necessarily something that appealed to teenagers. So you could be interpreting that as old media, Oh but it also could just be the viewership wasn't 12 year old. I got this. No, 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 no. First of all, they're not 12. They're like 4 They're like 14. I know. I'm being hyperbolic because I'm also just sitting here. Was Cena aimed at like older than 14? It was on air at like f- in primetime, and it was an action-driven series. Like, yes, it was fantasy shit, but it still wasn't like. I guess you're right. There was a fair bit of like sex in that in her. No, you're right. Like, there
0: was a fair bit of sex
1: in that. You're right. You're right. You're right. When ABC was doing the whole TGIF thing. Like that was a pointed thing, like, hey, we have a primetime block of television that you can watch with your family. So there's a certain degree of like, if it was primetime TV, it probably wasn't for them. That's me engaging with your point entirely on its merits. Now let's get to the realistic bit of this. Every fucking episode I tell you, It's just written when it was set. You're not solving a case here. Like I'm telling you, there's a mystery to be solved. I swear to fuck, if you were to read Harry Potter because you were some sort of awful transphobe, uh, (laughs) you would spend every book telling me, man, I'm slowly piecing it together geographically where this series is set. I think it might be in Europe. (laughs) I could
0: see that.
1: All right. Fine. Fair enough. So back to the core story then. Threatens the man, tells him not to fuck around with the elephants, and then throws him.
0: Throws him 20 feet into the air and onto a tent in front of others who clearly saw that happen. At night after the circus. That's,
1: there's not like it's empty. That's when they're doing all their breakdown. There should be people everywhere. It's not empty, but at the same time, they could sneak into the elephant enclosure, which implies a certain degree of, isolation there would be people around but nobody's watching and then they get out of there and it turns out fine because it has to turn out fine because if one of these vignettes was the whole story then
0: it's the whole story
1: i mean that would be poor writing yeah although that would that would be a neat switch if
0: like they did something it ended up being the whole story we just didn't see it coming
1: granted i think that's sort of like real structural fuckery right Uh, might be at a a reader level above where we're targeting here.
0: No, I mean, look, Kay Applegate has a real good framework for these. She clearly knows what she's doing. It works.
1: They're telling this story, as is the usual jump cut, to the rest of the gang as they're going through, and they get in trouble, and Jake is like, what were you thinking, Rachel? And Cassie's like, thank you for not telling him that I was involved because he'd be mad at me and, you know.
0: I'm kind of sweet on him still. Yeah.
1: I don't want my boyfriend to be mad at me, but also he's not my boyfriend. My boyfriend, not boyfriend. Right. Yeah. I would love to see where they get some of this information sometimes, like some degree of reconnaissance, but we skip over the reconnaissance always.
0: Yeah. How did Marco's like, look what we figured out and
1: they didn't tell you at all how they figured that out. Or no, they did. They did talk about it. We just never follow that as the mission. Right. We just get the recap. You're trying to get into the description I'm going to do it with linear time. They come in with basically just, all right, here's the plan. We're just going to wait until we get to Axe, and then we're going to talk about it. it. turns out Jake and Marco have been secretly tailing uh, Vice Principal Chapman for like a week. And the thing that they've noticed is that they've been following people into the mall, where a bunch of people have been going into the mall, but the net flux of in versus out of the gap Well, that should be zero. Every person that goes in comes out, you know, that should cancel out. No, more people enter the gap than leave. They did not mind the gap. I hate you. And then more people leave the movie theater than enter. Right. And that's where Jake and Marco both go. No, no, no. We followed them. We followed them in. We did that level of, you know, reconnaissance where we actually followed them in and there is a specific changing room that has a secret door that leads into a Yurk pool. I
0: don't know how they figured it out that much, but okay, they were good at this.
1: The the way they fucking figured out the rest of it, like the in and out of the mall thing, thing came largely from Tobias. And then isolating it down to the gap would have just been a matter of tailing Chapman directly on foot. That's true. And then they could have taken any small morph and just gone into the changing rooms and followed Chapman. Or just been in as kids. They could have just been in the gap shopping. Yeah. And then you watch which changing room Chapman goes into. He never comes out. And that's the whole thing. They also did this over some period of time. so like It was smart.
0: It was really. And again, watching Marco go from reluctant soldier to dedicated general because he's going to get his fucking mom out no matter what
1: is great. We get all that as, like I said, it'd be nice to have some level of like actually seeing that, but we get it through just delivered as statement. We did this, fuck off. The book can only be so long. I get it. I get it. I just like to see some continuity between the fucking books, okay? Yeah, fair enough. So they decide we're going to go in, we're going to deal with this, we're going to blow the whole thing out, we're going to stop the yerk Pool. In the meantime, we get our smaller teenager story which is that Rachel goes home to her mom, the big, powerful lawyer, and mom goes, hey, your father's coming over for dinner. And they even go into this in the book, the fact that Rachel's at the sweet spot in age where you start recognizing social cues, and she goes, divorced mom said dad is coming over for dinner. This isn't fun family time. Yeah, Something's fucking up. And then her dad shows up, and we get... Even the siblings. And this is something I really love that Kay Applegate took the time to go into. The fact that her youngest sister is just excited that dad's home, runs over for the big hug. And her other sister comes down the stairs, is excited, and looks at Rachel like, this is a thing, isn't it? And sure enough, the punchline of it is their dad, the weatherman, has got a job at a bigger news station. Reporter.
0: Their dad's not the weatherman. Their dad's a reporter.
1: Their dad's a weatherman. I thought he was a reporter. He is. He reports on the weather. Oh, that throws my theory. Okay, (laughs) go ahead. I wasn't going to say it on Twitter because, you know, and you were also in the middle of the book, so let's let you have your pet theories. Fair enough. But I'm like 95% sure that he's a weatherman. Right. Okay. He got an assignment at a bigger station in another state. He is moving. And so he comes in, says he's leaving, and makes the offer to the oldest daughter who can make her own decisions. Hey, Rachel, do you want to move to a new state with me? And this throws Rachel completely fucking out of whack. Because one, how do I abandon my sister and my mom? Like, how do I just leave them and go do this?
0: How do I abandon my comrades in arms?
1: How do I abandon the secret guerrilla war I've been doing against the slug aliens that are going to destroy our entire planet? standard 14 year old girl problems.
0: Right. Now it's mention, how do I le- you know, again, how do I leave my mom and my sister yeah. in the Hellmouth? Because there's so yeah. much dangerous activity here. You have to assume at some point they're going to get swept up in it.
1: She even goes out and we get the beginnings of the Rachel Tobias romance. I'm gonna spoil that one for you. The, I didn't, I, didn't,
0: I really didn't think that was gonna go there, but I could see that especially after some of the events that happened through this book. Yeah. Oh wait, wait, wait! Oh wait, that does actually make a lot more sense with Rachel spending, with with Rachel seeing her animal form as like freedom from herself. That does make a lot of sense now that I think about it.
1: It's a whole thing. We'll build into it. Okay. This one we get a lot more work out of than the Jake and Cassie thing, where they just say like, "Hey, there's a crush here," and we're just like, "Yeah, that's fair." We're starting from that point.
0: No, this you gotta do some more work. In fact, it's rather bold of K Applicate to go down that road, but okay.
1: Yeah. To have Rachel want to fuck a bird. Right. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I wasn't going to spell it out, but sure. Yep, that's what it is. We get the little description of how, you know, he was kind of cute w- before he was a bird, but now he's a bird. Tobias is the one she goes to when she's freaking out. Her dad's going to leave. Everybody's gone to sleep. She changes into an owl, flies <laughs> she keeps out. keeps freaking him out. Yeah. Flies over, terrifies Tobias, <laughs> and they have the long conversation of just like, hey... What are we going to do? Like one day, and she doesn't directly approach the problem. It's one day we're going to leave. Like we're going to get into college. Like what are we going to do after? And Tobias is sitting there going like, well, I haven't done a lot of thinking about after because I'm a bird now. And that's not fun to think about. And she starts getting uncomfortable, the whole like, I've come out here to tell the bird boy that my divorced parents are really upsetting me. And that's a proportional fucking level of sad.
0: Whenever they talk to Tobias, they always go like, oh, shit, right. None of my problems matter because Tobias is trapped as a bird forever.
1: And so in a grand act of teenage self-destruction, which I really do fucking appreciate. Because, as you say, Rachel, more than anybody else, views the animals as an escape from herself. She is a tall, beautiful gymnast. And then she gets to go from being this thing that is perceived as girly to being powerful. There's a lot of little identity gender stuff that you can pull out of these books, and it's fabulous.
0: Obviously, Kay Applegate's thought about that a lot herself. The notes that they touch on are very clearly real. Like they don't feel played up. They feel honest.
1: Yeah. There's the mention that her, her dad used to also be a gymnast. I like that. And like talking about, you know, when she was a little kid and her dad, like they were talking about maybe trying for another kid and her dad was like, no, 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 we don't need to. Yeah. I know. I told you I wanted a boy. I thought I needed a boy. I've got Rachel. I don't need a boy.
0: And Rachel even says, that's not perfect, but it still made me feel good. Yeah. And I understand that because when I was younger, when people told me I was straight passing, like, it's not a good thing to say, but Mm -hmm. it still kind of made me feel good. Now it wouldn't. But when I was a kid, it would.
1: No, you're
0: not. No, I definitely won't be. Well, Well, first of all,
1: no one would say that to me now. You're a pride flag that eats meals.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah, a couple things here. Dad's got super job, falls out of nowhere. And dad's like, hey, if you come with me, I can magically get you this gymnast scholarship or whatever. Suspect. All this is suspect. Now, when I thought he was a reporter, my natural assumption was he stumbled onto a story and they're like, oh shit, and they just made him a yerk and now he's a yerk. I don't trust it. There's something about dad I'm just not sure about. There's some red flags going there. It feels like this is a story we're going to pick back up on later.
1: I could be wrong. I don't know that you're wrong. Okay. But all of the things that you're picking up on are divorced dad shit. I know. I'm just suspicious of everyone now, which you wouldn't be. I know. Which is good because that's that means Applegate's doing her fucking job. She does it very well. But all of the things you're picking up on are also things like, he's a reporter. He got offered a bigger job, so he's leaving his entire family behind and offering to take his oldest daughter. It's kind like it's, he likes it's not best. unfair. Yeah, but like it's also an unfair thing to put on your kid. Yeah. He doesn't say he can get her in for a scholarship. He just points out that there's a world famous gymnast who's going to take her on as a student.
0: Like that's like, that's a huge deal. It's a,
1: it's a huge deal, but he was also an Olympic gymnast. And this is actually in the territory of a connection.
0: That's very true. He was an Olympic gymnast. That does make a lot of sense. So there's that. So
1: it it cleans up a lot. You're just, you're very, I'm very
0: suspicious. You're right.
1: Yeah. But we've gotten sidetracked because I wanted to talk about the fact that like she views those animals as an escape and we get something that feels very druggy, not like druggy like a drug user, but drug adjacent in that she's trying to deal with this feeling of the loss of control. She goes out and she tries to talk to her friends, finds she can't quite relate. And her final stroke is, I want to feel powerful. I want to feel in control. And so she flies... To the gardens, to the, the zoo that Cassie's parents work at. And she breaks into the grizzly bear enclosure. And she runs entirely like the description is basically talking about how like the bears don't respond to her because they're so used to the vets and the people. And because she's just not a threat. But that's fucking suicide. Oh, yeah, that was dumb. Is incredibly stupid.
0: Because when it's a bear, it's one swipe dead. It's not even like kind of wounded. Yeah. Like they can just
1: take your head off. Not even just a bear, but a grizzly bear. Specifically, there are references littered through the book of how fucking scary grizzly bears are.
0: Honestly, I thought polar bears were the most scary, but probably that's D&D. Because D&D said, and I'm probably wrong about that.
1: They're probably the scariest in D&D because they're an extreme environment thing, which means that you're going to be at a higher level when you encounter them. But, but like
0: grizzly bears are definitely the most frightening. I think frightening.
1: grizzlies are the biggest.
0: 800 pounds of just muscle and defiance is how,
1: <laughs> is how they were basically described. A grizzly bear claw is four inches long. Jesus. It is a knife. It is four knives. Yeah. Yeah, that is terrifying. That's just per hand.
0: That is absolutely terrifying. And that's not even the bite, which has got to be stronger.
1: Oh, fucking terrifying. But the point is, she goes in there and acquires the bear. It doesn't even morph it. She goes in, acquires the bear, and then goes home content that she basically has more powerful DNA. Now, that whole thing just read to me as like one wildly unhealthy to begin with, but also like... When you talk about people falling into drugs, alcohol, any of that, it's all those support systems. You you try to live a normal life and then it's a desperation move and it doesn't actually make any difference. It doesn't affect any of your problems. You've just done a thing that makes you feel a little better. It's feeling
0: a need that you think you have, but is actually just a want.
1: It is self-destructive.
0: And also how she's described later, haggard. Walking home, how our mom's asking if things are wrong. It is very much a drug analogy.
1: Yeah. That whole thing happens. Uh and it honestly does not get resolved in this book. No,
0: it does not. It gets brought up but not resolved.
1: <laughs> it gets touched on near the end again in a way that we're gonna mention, but it doesn't that that isn't better. No. They go on their mission. Standard deal. We're gonna come in as kids in the gap.
0: As the fucking roaches again. And they're all doing roaches. You say
1: again, they did roaches once before this. Didn't they didn't they get the roaches last book?
0: The third time. So they they did roaches once, it went fine. Then they did roaches to like break into the church and they immediately got to the seen. hospital, yeah. Hospital. Yeah. Right. And they almost and they all they almost got stomped on because immediately they were seen and noticed. And then they're like, Hey, maybe we can get away with being roaches in a brightly lit gap and no one's gonna freak out in a tiny dressing room. And they got
1: lucky No, they didn't. What they did was they went into the they went into the gap, and then they transformed into roaches and basically hid under the bench. And they did this one at a time. Jake went in, got all their clothes from the morph, hit them in a locker. Put it in a bag and walked out. First of all, I worked in a
0: gap, and we have good security. And if someone had come in with a bag, we would have done our little code, which is there's a lights out in in section four, which was our code for there's a thief in the store. And we would have caught this asshole. We definitely would have stopped him when he came back in. That part was like, come on. Yeah. Jake's too dumb to have done that. Well,
1: also Yerks, one of the change rooms goes to the Yerk pool. That cashier is a control. hundred percent. They should have had cameras on this. Come on. Well, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say a little bit of weird behavior from a customer is not necessarily something oh, that they would have even thought they, about.
0: They might not be stopping everyone with a bag, especially coming out yeah, of they that don't dressing room. Care. No, you had a point. Okay. That said, someone coming back out of that dressing room might
1: have, I don't a know. A little bit odd, yeah. but you know. All right, fair enough. I'm not even going to necessarily argue that it's connected to they think Jake is a yerk, so they let him get away with it. If you're a yerk and you're like, someone is stealing clothes you let them the stupid human you don't store. bring
0: attention to it you just let them steal who cares. cares about the things it's just it's just one more thing to go look how pathetic these humans are
1: yeah oh, you're right he's stealing you're pants. totally right he's going to come back and do a second run adorable and then you just don't pay attention to him so jake goes he sacrifices his clothes he morphs and they know that at some point someone's going to open that thing and go ah somebody just left some clothes here and they all go into the your pool from there. They don't hang out in a brightly lit gap as cockroaches because that would be weird. They hide in a dark corner as cockroaches and then go into a bigger dark corner. No, that was smart. Still so
0: cockroaches. A little more.
1: It was yeah, smart for a little. And then they are unbelievably dumb. Yeah. They they went all at once into what they figured out was a cafeteria. They knew going
0: in it was a cafeteria. They knew. And they went in anyway. Mm-hmm. stumbled right out into the bright sunlight in the worst place you'd want roaches when they already knew that they were on the lookout for a group of roaches.
1: Yeah. Well, we don't know that they're on the lookout for a group of roaches. Some of them have once figured out that roaches were suspect. Right. But let's, again, you're you're putting full intelligence on children's book. Let's, you
0: think in the break room, they'd have like a little
1: weekly update, like, oh, by the way. Sure but also the structure of these books allows for usually one major morph acquisition and we had the grizzly bear we're not going to acquire a new bug to be able to get away with this chunk of the book.
0: The last thing I'll say on this is I am fucking dying for them. It's not going to be the last No, it won't be. But I am dying for them to be smart enough to be like, okay, one of us is going to be a roach, and one of us is going to be whatever, an ant, and one of us is going to be a fly, and one of us is going to be a lizard, and they break the team up a bit so that they all have different ways to sense and see and notice, and they work together as a team.
1: Depending on the situation, I don't think they really need... Because their plan, for the record, was literally go in, find the Candrona source, destroy it in Battle Morph, and come out in a raging inferno. So this plan didn't need the thing you're talking about. It didn't, about. but they
0: also didn't need to go to the fucking cafeteria. Like, why did they go there? No idea. That's where the most people were. That's where they had the highest chance of being seen. They
1: literally walked directly into a trap. That was honestly completely stupid. So they go into a definitely high traffic area and immediately are consumed by a taxon. Just giant tongue comes out, catches all of them at once. It swallows them. They are panicking and start to demorph in the middle of the taxon in the hopes that maybe they can pop it like a fucking water balloon from the inside. And then time stops. And we enter in to our next phase of the greater anamorphs cosmology.
0: Yes where this Q slash the Watcher. The Elamist, The Elemist in this one, yes. The all-powerful being that belongs to a council of all-powerful beings it has very, very strict rules on how they can and cannot interfere. But yet, this one is here.
1: So for the listeners, this is all shit that Aram is projecting. There is no known council of Elemis. This isn't... He's talking about the general trope that the Elemist is filling in this book. The Elemist is known to axe axe refers to elemists plural yes he does i'm not disagreeing okay. with that but he talks about them the way i read it was they are folklore and when he talks about them he talks about the dangers because when they come to you they're going to offer you like a deal or something like that and there isn't a right choice right he talks about them like the fae or like the devil that's exactly how we like feel yeah they're going to offer you something and you shouldn't take it but you will never be able to say no. They're waiting until you have no other
0: option and then pretending like it's a deal.
1: They have the power and the awareness of a god, but the intent of a trickster. And not, again, not like a trickster god, not like a Loki, because even then Loki's perceptions are limited. We're talking full omniscience put into Loki. Incredibly dangerous and Ax hates every fucking second of being around this thing
0: they say some things which i believe are true like i believe that in general these beings do like to preserve life wherever they can so if a life is about to be wiped out i could see how they would gather a few up and zoo them or somehow preserve them so or get them on a new planet or whatever
1: again you're you're getting ahead of the game they're consumed by the taxon, and then suddenly they aren't in morph anymore. Time is frozen. They're all in front of the taxon. They all come out of the cafeteria going, what the fuck is going on? Time has stopped. And they come out all in their natural state, Axe is an analyte, The rest are humans. And they come out to Tobias, also a human, standing there looking at them going, hi, I don't, I don't know how this happened. And that's when Axe starts cluing in and gives them the quick mythology of like, oh, this is bad. And they all hear the voice in their head of the Elimists, who presents them with a simple choice. You're all going to die. This thing that you're doing, this timeline, will fail. You're going to lose. The Erks are going to take Earth. But the Elimists preserve life, as Ram mentioned. And we will take some of you to an appropriate planet and allow you to preserve your existence and go on building. You and some of your loved ones,
0: specifically.
1: Yep. To go and have your little human colony. And they immediately clue in like, you're describing a zoo. That's fucked up. Like, how is that better? And then a bunch of kids standing around going like, hold on. How do we know that he knows everything? And Axe is going, because he's an elemis, they know everything. Like, that's that's the thing that they do. How do you know that a bird will fly? Because it's a fucking bird. Like, of course, all, I've, I've skipped possibly my favorite thing, which is that this whole event spooks the shit out of Tobias, who immediately tries to fly away, but doesn't he do it because his arms. he's a boy. That is the best. Looks incredibly amazing He was just like,
0: like just sorry. Just everyone ignore that. Sorry. Yeah. That was I was that was fantastic. He actually squawks yeah. and flaps his and flaps his little boy arms. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty great.
1: Very sad at the same incredibly time. But sad. if you don't think about it that much, very funny. funny.
0: So here's the thing. I immediately am like, something's wrong. And the reason why I thought something was wrong is because if this guy is honest and he wants to collect a sample of humanity, these kids are tainted. There's no reason why you would go to these kids. Like, yes, they're aware, but there's other people who are aware. And if they can just instantly unwind anyone, they could just awaken whatever brain slug people they want and be like, okay, you're the best representations. The fact that this guy went after these Yerk infected, I'm sorry, not these Andalite empowered kids. They're not, Human anymore. This is not a representation of humanity. This is not the selection you would make. And so that clued me in that there's something going on here.
1: I would kind of argue that one simply on the grounds of like what Aram is referring to is uh, part of the argument the Ellimist makes for choosing these kids is they are aware of the situation. They can make an educa- educated choice in the matter. So, yeah, hypothetically, you could pick someone who was made a controller. However, When you're looking at this, someone who thinks this situation is bad, I'm going to fight against it, is very different from picking someone who is currently imprisoned. And I want to escape
0: it. No, that's a good point. Desperate. That is a good point. Like,
1: these kids have had the opportunity to try to find someone, to flee in some way, and to try to tell someone more in charge. Right. And they're like, no, we're going to fight it. Okay, but even then. These are people who are not in a position of desperation in the same way the controller is.
0: Even then, this controller could have picked a hundred of the most amazing people in the world, took, took them into this little fantasy zone it can make, like It's a Wonderful Life, Shown them this and then wiped their minds afterwards.
1: Like there's lots of things they could have done
0: if they really.
1: There are lots of ways God could have been. If God was being
0: honest about their motivations, but that's not what God did, and that made me. And that's also
1: Axe's whole premise: is that God is a liar. Never trust God, (laughs) basically.
0: Which is, you know what? Pretty. It was Axe really does show quite a lot of poise to to go from oh well God is real to be careful
1: around God. I mean that is ballsy no because he's also grown up with the mythology of the elemist being you fucking watch out for them if one of them shows up shit has gone bad yeah, but did he believe they were real did he believe they were real no but also if you were walking through the forest and you saw a bear like how many times in your life have you seen a bear no fair enough You've been told about them. You know they're real, but you've never had to deal with a bear. But the moment you see a bear, there isn't a, oh, so that's what they're like. You fucking leave. Yeah, you, yeah you're like, oh, that's we're going to leave that alone. If, I,
0: right? if, if a man came up to me, poof, out of brimstone and said, I am the devil and I have
1: a deal, I would know what I was dealing with. I wouldn't be like, oh, wow. Yeah, your first instinct isn't, oh, holy shit, well, this fundamentally changes my worldview. Your first step is... The devil is real and I have to deal with this. Yeah. Then maybe next week we can talk about like, so should I be a Catholic?
0: Yeah. If you're smart, you're just on the defensive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Axe behaves reasonably. In the time where they're being told, hey, kids, you're all fucked. You have no idea how to get out of this. You're all going to die in that taxon. You'll die in the Yerk pool. So make your choice. Uh, Do you want to be preserved or you... Jake is looking around and notices a space elevator, one of the little magic anti-gravity lifty spots that they saw in the York ship. And he just sort of nudges Rachel and he's, hey, Rachel looks over and sees him and goes, OK, OK, I see what you're going. And then they all vote no. We're not going. We're going to continue fighting. Because
0: yeah, they figured out that that tube goes up because of the, of the way that there was someone in, in the middle of it. And the way that their hair was laying down, they realized that they yeah. must be going
1: up. If they were falling, yeah. the hair would have poofed, that. but instead it was it's flat. It was clever. Uh, it was, again, one of those details you didn't need to put in. You didn't in, need to, but, but I
0: highly appreciate it.
1: They all vote no. And the Elmist instantaneously. The moment they say no, the moment the vote goes through, it's just time starts.
0: And tells them he'll be back. And he'll ask them again, or they will ask yes. them again. We don't really get a gender on this creature. They will ask them again.
1: Uh, I, I'm fairly certain that it is a he.
0: I'm fairly certain it doesn't matter at whatever
1: <laughs> level this being is no, at. It, but it, yeah, it, I, I'm with you.
0: Campbell Gate refers to it as a he.
1: Yes. I, I'm not trying to say I, no, it's got all the markers. I'm saying she says it is. Fair enough. Yeah. They see the elevator whose space name I don't remember. And they basically pop out and they all go, fuck this, let's leave. How are we going to get out of here? This is incredibly dangerous. Everybody starts to morph. And Rachel pulls out the grizzly bear for the first time and goes fully psychotic. She loses her shit. Once the bear gets challenged, she's got nothing. That bear just takes over. She she had some slight control. She could feel the power of it. And then she got out of the room and when the hork bezier cut her, And it was gone. And she got everybody to the exit. But she came to in the elevator with everyone screaming at her in thought speak while she was trying to kill Jake.
0: Because she just saw the next challenge because Jake was a tiger.
1: Yeah. She comes back. They all morph out of it. And we don't address that ever because how could that possibly have negative consequences? (laughs) Well, there was a lot going on. It was, it was a busy yeah, day. They did just meet, you know,
0: an omnipotent Space being. God.
1: Yeah, Space God,
0: basically. Or at least a Space God.
1: A Space God. One of many Space G's eye. We get the next couple of days of the kids just sort of being lost. <laughs> Rachel particularly, because she has irregular human level problems, but also... God just came to you and told you that your species was doomed. Yeah.
0: They're all kind of like, well, what do we do? Like if, like if we're actually doomed, what's the point of this?
1: Is it trying to mislead us? Why would it give us a second chance? If it was trying to mislead us, what is going on here? What's the game? They have an entire conversation where they're all in history class. And it's the whole thing of like, you know, they have the conversation about the atomic bomb being a horrible act of violence. And then they're like, you know, and we can't go back. We can't change things. We can't know what would have happened. If, you know, the U.S. entered the war sooner and Cassie is sitting there going like, what's the point?
0: There's a line from that history teacher, uh, because America was so dedicated to peace, we may have actually made World War II worse in our hesitation to join in. And I just went, that's so on the nose that I wonder if Kay Applegate's putting in some really sly commentary here or if she's just that's what she believes like i'm not sure where that actually sits
1: i think we've talked a little bit about this like she has a firmly fucking anti-war stance right the letter she wrote to readers at the end of the series is so pointedly do not go to war war only hurts people it's astonishing
0: it makes sense it makes total sense. You don't get out of war clean. That's not how that works.
1: Like you fight when you have to fight, and no other time. So, yeah, there. A lot of that was very tongue in cheek. Uh, we get a few days ago by. Did anything particularly noteworthy happen in that interval, or was that just basically just them working? That basically covered? Yeah, they,
0: they're, they're, they're just working out each other's feelings. No, except that what happens is that uh, she starts having dreams um rachel starts having dreams and because she's so stressed out her dreams are basically people repeating things to her you know uh uh to her it's her dad saying he's gonna leave and that and that reflects like when she was first this form and all and almost killed she's just having like this basically stress nightmares
1: after a little while basically if i'm not mistaken unprompted They basically are all having their dreams. They're all living their lives. And then suddenly, blank space again. And there's the Elemist, who just collects them all and says, all right.
0: One of them changes their mind. That's what happens.
1: They have their meeting. One of them changes their mind. The Elemist calls them all back and goes, okay, vote again. And I believe at that point, they fully vote Zoomy
0: then that like turn was led by Marco. And at first it was like, Marco. And I was like, oh wait, no, of course. Because if the God can do anything, then it can just
1: pop his mom back. That's just one of his conditions. Of course he's going to say yes. So the Elemis takes them all back, has them revote and they say yes. And the Elemis abandons them in a strange and unfamiliar setting, which they investigate for a minute and then suddenly realize, oh, hold on. This is school yeah, except it's empty and Ruins. there are the remnants of as is the land fights like
0: the land has clearly changed as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, the sky is darker, has a weird gross yellowy tinge to it. The uh, history uh, classroom is empty except for a skeleton that's sprawled over the desk. Just a dead body that's been left to rot.
0: Just to underline how much time has passed,
1: really. Yeah. And that's when they realize uh, the Elemist has dropped them off in the future.
0: And we're able to get confirmation on this because Axe can somehow like detect time particles or something. Like he knows there's a time mismatch. We don't here. really need to worry he doesn't explain about it. How. He
1: doesn't, he's got like a time gland just, or just whatever. Just listen, it's the fucking yeah. future, okay? <laughs> Space God froze time last time. Now he threw you forward yep. in it. Do you really want to argue with me? I mean,
0: that's just what they had to accept. Yeah. But but even they were like, you know, at first, is this the future or are we just being shown something? And they're smart enough to realize this, this alien could have just shown them a really amazing brain projection, said it was the future. So
1: they were at least skeptical, which good, smart kids. So they wander around, they find like... The mall is now just a tax in the hive. That's it. It's just the place where the worms live. Uh, they wind up trying to fit. They're wandering. They don't know where to go. So they just get on a uh, on a random train. And they go on their super Say what you will about the Yerks. Public, public transportation.
0: They, e- they even mentioned, I guess that's why the roads aren't being used, because they have a proper train system.
1: The first time in L.A. So they all get on, and at some point, a controller bumps into one of them and is about to start this major fight. And the way they get out of it is just they stop, and who was it? Do you remember which one of them brought it up? It's like, I would be careful. We know this or three. It must have
0: been Marco, right? But it might not have been, but I wanted to say Marco because it just feels like a Marco thing.
1: You want to say Marco. It's a very Marco move. But they they say, no, 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 we know Visser 3. And they're like, what? And Axe, fortunately, is just clever enough to be like, oh, oh, me. And he demorphs. They suddenly have an Andalite present. They're like, oh, holy shit, viscer 1. I. I didn't. When you said Visser 3, and they have to, again, backpedal. Yeah. To like, oh, no, we knew we, him in the we past. We all,
0: We've been comrades we forever. We went to high school together.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and when I knew him, he was going by Visser 3. Yeah. But I guess, you know. Old habits. What are you going to do? Oh, of
0: course. But now, of course, they have a huge amount of attention on them.
1: Yeah. They get off the fucking train and near immediately run into a landing bug fighter out of which gets Visser 3. viscer 1. who immediately Visser 1. Who immediately starts taunting them about their failure and how he knew he w- they would be here. And everybody goes, what? Why? How did you know I would be here? And Visser 1's lieutenant steps out. And everybody says, hi, Rachel. And future Rachel says, because I remembered. Yeah. So I told him, I remember being here. I remember being you. I remember being offered the chance to leave. And I remember not taking it. Which, weird play, okay? Really weird play
0: on their end, which means that they must've been so, which they even bring up, like you must be so insecure about what happens next. Because why the hell would you bother showing up and risking changing everything?
1: Yeah. They start morphing and they go to fucking war. Like Axe immediately lashes out and we get our first indication that something's a little wrong, which is that Visser 1 is fucking astounded because he mentioned how, you know, you all came here you know, you're thrown forward in time, the six human anamorphs. And then he counts the five and the andalite. Yeah. It's like, hold on. Something's not right. And then as they're all questioning it, there is the whole conversation of this is the, t- us showing up here is the timeline, right? This is what leads to your success. You want to fucking try me? You want to fucking do this? Let's do this. I'll fucking cut your head off. I don't give half a shit. I give negative three shits right now. Rachel,
0: Almost gets them, gets real close to taking them out.
1: And this entire time they're looking around at like trying to figure out how to get out of here. And they notice like the big fucking skyscraper in the center of town is has the entire top removed, has a big dome put on top of it. They're just trying to figure out what options they have. And all the buildings around it have been removed, like removed to clear space around it. a huge amount of effort. They pop out. uh Aram, I, I need you to take it from here because it's been a little while. So
0: they get back out, and for a while, they're like, okay, you know, like, I guess we're just going, like, they all agree. Like, okay, that was bad. We have to leave because if Rachel's been taken over, if we say we go, That's right. then Rachel can't the be elements taken just
1: over. just back in the present. There is no conversation at that point. He just, Rachel goes to take off his head,
0: almost has his head, and boom, they're just, they're just back, and she punches a tree. And she's like, ah, she's slamming on the tree. Like, I almost had him. And then they just go back and they're all depressed. Like, you know what? Screw it. We can't win. We have to take it. We're going to tell him. So they tell, so he comes back as soon as they all agree. And he's like, I'm back. What's your, what's your answer? They Then they all say, we agree to do this. And he's like, and he vanishes. And he told them that as soon as that happened, he would gather them up instantly and drop them with their families. And he doesn't. And then A day goes by and nothing happens. Like, well, what's going on? Why would he do that? And Rachel starts having nightmares again.
1: And then we get the flashback to uh, a line Axe says earlier in the book. Thank you, fucking. That's right. Where Axe had mentioned that the Candrona was incredibly important, that it was the center of Yerk society. It could be anywhere. It could be anywhere. But they organize their entire fucking lives around it. And Rachel comes screaming back into the next meeting. It's the fucking tower.
0: Yep. She literally comes out of a nightmare and she's like, that's why they cleared all the space around the tower. It's the only thing that makes sense. It's gotta be there.
1: So they decide final mission, fuck it. The tower. They go in after close. they get up to the top floor. They basically like, <laughs> the first thing that happens is they go to go in the front door. There's a security guard there and they're all sitting there and how do we deal with it? Like, what if it's a what if it's a controller? Marco is so good here. How do we how do we do this? What if it's a person? And Marco's just like, I got this. Morphs into a fucking gorilla, walks right up to the window and just thought speak, just, hey, how's it going? And a light. Perfect. Punch through the wall. Knock the motherfucker out. It was
0: such a good play. It was such a good play. It was fucking
1: clever. It's legitimately funny. Marco <laughs> legitimately funny. funny. Marco is a funny guy. So they just take the elevator to the top floor and we get the little, you know, girl from Empanema plays. They get up to the top and they go fucking full battle morphs. They slaughter a goddamn floor's worth of Cork Bagheer. Take a lot of hits doing it. Take a lot of hits. At one point, uh, Rachel in Bearmore fully throws one of them out the window, just 60 floors down loses an arm doesn't know it. Marco's
0: holding his ape guts in with one hand barely surviving.
1: They get to the end of the fight. They demorph. They're all exhausted because the only thing that carries over between morphs is being fucking tired.
0: And they they just got into a fight and fighting is exhausting.
1: And they find the big guarded door. They smash through it and there's the fucking candrona generator.
0: There's a great line there where they where they repeatedly refer to the fact that Rachel's bear has crappy eyesight. So as Rachel's bear is barreling towards this door, Casey's like, "Hey,
1: there's a door," and Rachel's like, "No, there's not," and, and just slams right through it. They have the con- the conversation after the fact about it's how the eyesight thing gets brought up. Is that she goes in there and is immediately beset by the hork bajir and she just slaughtered she didn't them. They know. all go into the fight yeah. they kill them and they talk about how brave rachel is and we get the inside bit of like no 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 no. i smashed through that door and i kept running because my eyesight is good out to about three yeah, feet by the
0: time she's there it's and too I late
1: did not know they were there but we never need to tell anybody no that. no
0: she's like, you think you think I'm a badass why would i put doubt on that
1: they all morph back they get their wounds healed they find the kendrona generator and it's just they turn to rachel and it's like hey you got to do this. You got one, you got one more in you? Elephant up. And they just take that thing. Uh, they call Tobias real quick and they're like, "Hey, is there anybody on the ground there?" No. Cool. And then they hurl it out the window, 60 floors. They just drop that motherfucker into the street.
0: Which first of all, I don't know how the hell they there must have been a hell of a cover story. To hide whatever that oh, is, yeah. right?
1: Although I guess if you just see some weird
0: equipment in the, in the street, you could say it was like a satellite dish it or whatever. It was
1: sufficiently large that the only morph they had to move it was an elephant. Which means we're talking like car wings. Sure. There's a crater. And it fell 60 fucking stories. Like this isn't a trivial like, oh, how do we explain away this weird car accident? Like how do we explain this giant fucking street level repair we have to do? Right. And also, again, this is
0: warfare of the deadliest kind. What they have done by doing this is condemned a large amount of Yurks to starvation.
1: It's an ugly death.
0: As we've seen firsthand.
1: They go back, they have their post-mission debrief, and immediately they get pulled into the liminal void again. And the Elmist is fucking thrilled. And they finally decide, like, no, 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 you know what? We're fighting. He's like, yes, good. Perfect. Yes, you are. And they slowly put it together that, like, you motherfucker. You didn't come to us in the taxon. You waited for us. We left the cafeteria and came to the spot where we could see the elevator. You didn't take us when we agreed to leave. You dropped us in the future, and you let us wander around, and you didn't pop us out until we were at that convert with Visser one where we could see the tower he's like i didn't tell you anything mm-hmm.
0: i didn't do a thing i
1: didn't say nothing i didn't say a fucking word you wart. just
0: happened to see these things and put it together yourself Whoops. yeah oh whoopsie guess you humans are rather clever what you're gonna do yeah, this is some watcher q bullshit big time
1: absolutely uh it is exactly what axe said it was there's this bit where he talks
0: about Earth again and how special and unique Earth is. And we got a little bit of this before. So apparently, unique Earth is a truly unique biodome, which just doesn't exist anywhere in the universe as beautiful or as splendor or as splendiferous as it is here on Earth. I find that fucking hard to, hard to believe, but fine. That's what we're going with, okay? Earth is a unique jewel in the universe. For me, maybe, maybe this creature... Maybe these creatures do really do, they really do appreciate life. And maybe it did look upon Earth and it was just so beautiful and so breathtaking that it decided to sidestep its rules just a little bit in order to help save it. That's, there's a possibility that's true. I don't know.
1: Yeah. So the last chapter is they destroyed the Kendra. They didn't even go back to the uh, the meeting. They just, in that moment, immediately after having smashed it, it was... Uh, we destroyed the Candrona. We have to get out of here, Jake said. The Yerks will know. They'll be all over this place. So what does it mean, Marco asked. We did it, but what does it mean? Have we changed the future? And then we go to, uh, without quotation marks, boldface text, just everything changes the future. A replacement Candrona will be here in three of your weeks. It is already on its way. Are you telling us it was a waste? No, Marco, it wasn't a waste Three weeks with only the Kondrona aboard the mothership. In three weeks' time, they will suffer greatly. They'll fall behind their schedule. Many Yorks will perish. Three weeks is not a waste. And they go on to that whole conversation of just, okay, so we just did a huge amount of damage because Visser Three has to shuttle people to the mothership now for them to be able to eat, which means he's not doing that for everybody. It's a very limited supply, and they're going to decimate the yerk population on earth uh and then we get the callback to one of the first things the elmus says which is that you know earth is very beautiful and humans you know you're a primitive race and yet you are capable of learning it's like have we changed the future no answer i don't think he knows he showed us a possible future but you know what i don't believe the elmus knows the future any more than we do what makes you so sure because whenever it is that the elmist exists and whatever he's up to and whatever game he's playing no matter how mighty he is he has butterflies too A reference to that whole thing of you know butter chaos theory butterfly on one side of the world flaps its wings rachel is
0: actually screaming it she's like let's go be butterflies when she realizes they can change the future
1: and that's that's what causes the fucking line is As I said, you are a primitive race, and yet you are capable of learning. And so they all fuck off. Uh, We end on Rachel basically just meeting up with her dad, helping him pack, telling him, you know, hey, sorry, I can't go with you. And him giving her the little like, no, it's all right. I would have loved to have you along, but, you know, I'm proud of you. You got to protect your mom and your sisters. And we get to leave on that standard, you know, oh, but you have no idea.
0: She's like, do you want to ride to the airport with me? And she's like, no, I'm good. I have things to do. And he's like, yeah, you got important things to do with your
1: friend. And she's like, yep, we got to save the world. (laughs) She's being honest. My dad laughed. If anyone can do it, honey, it would be you. Then the taxi drove off. I looked up in the sky. A lone hawk circled high overhead. You coming, Rachel?
0: Fucking good shit. It is. This was a really good book. And Kay Applegate is a very good writer.
1: Last book we got the existence of space Satan.
0: If this is space Jesus, is that who this is supposed to be? Is this a this singular individual? Elemist. So this is a one. This is one creature.
1: This is the Elemist.
0: Okay, got you. Okay, there's not a whole group of them. There's an Elemist. Uh,
1: there is a whole book that is the Elemist Chronicles, and like, if you get real bored, like it doesn't really spoil anything. So fucking check it out at your leisure. But like. It's honestly pretty good. Okay. But it gives you the whole thing. Uh, the fucking most, rel- most useless of spoilers. Uh, the space Satan is called the Cryak. The Cryak. Yeah. It's a pretty good Star Trek. That name. sounds evil. You know, it's got the right fucking feel to it, don't it? The Cryak. Basically, uh, it and the Elemas are in a weird competition right now. And that's, you know, what the Almas Chronicles leads up to It's basically lining up the fact that God and Satan are fighting, except that God is power limited and cannot directly intervene. And so he does little shit like. Directly intervene. Directly intervene in ways that should not be an intervention. No, I see what you're you know, saying. He takes them out of time, but he puts them back exactly where he took them. And he just had a conversation with them in a room they were already in. C-
0: granted, he didn't. He only, he only took them eight feet to the left. Do I see what you're saying? Yeah. No, yeah, it's, fair. it's fair. I can see how he could get away with that. Yeah. The future thing is a lot harder to
1: justify, but, you know, it was fucking cool.
0: Again, maybe just showed him what he saw. Like, it was just a mental projection. They never went anywhere. They were just in their own mind palaces. I mean,
1: I could see that. Honestly, I don't have a lot to say about this one aside from it's really good. And that whole thing, like... It is very cool to have a series where they reveal something of that power level and it doesn't become the crux of the series. Like it's going to come back. We're going to circle back and it's going to continue to be relevant occasionally. But the ground level conflict is the story. That is better. Right. We never get into gods and demons. We just do this. So yeah, the Elemist will be back, but it's not going to fucking take up the whole thing. That's not what this is about now.
0: All right what do we got for book eight uh book eight is i I just typed in book eight like that was gonna (laughs) automatically bring it up the alien the animal kids are joined in their fight against the evil Yurks by axe
1: no we get our axe book and we're gonna get a whole lot more alien business so we're not coming straight back down to pure earth level but we're gonna get some Really, really cool stuff. I'm ready for
0: some alien business and some Axe background.
1: I'm very ready for that. So yeah, yeah, perfect. All
0: right, book eight, next time.
1: Thank you for joining us for Podspeak. Animorphs was written by K.A. Applegate. Our show is edited by Aram and our theme music is composed by Kai Engel. For more information about us, ways to
0: support the show and to hear all of the podcasts we produce, head over to deadghostpro.com. And remember, The controllers are
1: everywhere.